you would be glad if your kid like ruined Christmas for oh my god the entire I would. class, right? You know what? You That's would be so, so bad, right? You would be so proud. <laughs> I would be proud because that is my child using deductive reasoning. <laughs> Welcome to episode 27 of the Humanist Agenda podcast. My name is Kenny. And my name is Rory. And I'm Sherry. And we're just a bunch of humanists talking about stuff. And today we're going to be talking about some holiday traditions because the Christmas holiday is coming up. But as humanists, we don't necessarily believe in other people's religions. And uh, perhaps maybe it doesn't have a big impact uh, for us, or it doesn't these holidays don't have such a huge religious connotation or significance to us. So we'll get into some discussions around how we celebrate because I'm actually curious about other people. How do they actually celebrate their holidays? Where for me, you know, I I'm not religious, so I don't really go to church, for example, during Christmas. But what do you guys do? Well. Uh, church services have not been a part of my family's holiday traditions for quite some time. Uh, we basically just have a series of family dinners and just get together. And pragmatism ruling, we usually get together now at my brother's house because he's tied to the apartment building where he works. So that's Christmas for us. Uh, for us, it's uh, Christmas Day. We have a big celebration with all my extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, all of them. Yeah, so there's like 30 of us who get together and have like a big turkey dinner, the like traditional turkey stuffing mashed potatoes. Uh, the night before Christmas, we have like a little family potluck. So I see them again just on like a very casual uh, get together where we bring some food and and hang out. So that's my Christmas. So my family, we don't really celebrate Christmas. Uh, we enjoy the holidays, but since my family, they are in Toronto, usually we go out for Chinese food. And in Toronto, every Chinese restaurant and store tends to be open on Christmas Day because it's just not a holiday that's really that significant. Oh, really? A, a lot of... Uh, Asian people. I mean, it's it's just not. I mean, there are certain Asian countries that maybe have a little bit more uh, more Christians, and Christmas Day has a little bit more significance. But for example, you know, people I work with in China, they are still working on Christmas Day. So uh, occasionally, I'll still get work emails on Christmas Day. But I feel like Christianity has really transferred into other countries, though. Like when I was in Korea, Christmas was still a thing. Like they had. Christmas trees and whatnot. Like I celebrate with Christmas trees and presents. But is, and are everything. Christmas trees Christian? No, but it's a Christmas tradition, yeah. right? And Christianity has made a claim on Christmas. That's true. Do you do the Do you do the Christmas tree? Did you do Santa when you were younger? Well, my my parents did Santa. I have to admit, I never really believed in Santa, and I really just played along with it because I knew. Santa e equals presents. So I just kind of played along with it, saying, oh, yes, you know, I'm looking forward to Santa, a.k.a. my parents. No, into. do we need to do a disclaimer on this episode? <laughs> like, parents do not have this Spoiler on. Spoiler warning. Children, like... Ruining some childhoods, Kenny. <laughs> I don't know. Come on. <laughs> 
But like, what if a kid is listening to this and you've just ruined Christmas for them? Talk to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very betrayed when I found out that Santa was not real. Because my parents, even when I asked them, is Santa real? They tried to like up, swear up and down like Santa's real. What are you talking about? To this day, I am 32 years, almost 32 years old. And they will tell me Santa is real. He brings me presents. Fair enough. I'm going to sympathize with your parents and say that Santa represents the spirit, Kenny, before you go and bring cynicism into this argument. I'm in shock right now. I just don't know what to say because I'm just in shock. (laughs) It's It's so weird. I don't know anyone else who still does this, but my parents insist that Santa is real. And brings them presents and fills their stockings. Even though I mom, I know my mom fills the stockings. Um, but you know they'll say it was Santa Claus and and that Santa brought them certain items. Have you ever had like a serious discussion around like why they feel adamant that Santa's <laughs> real? No, well, like kind of. I try to, and they're like because he's real. It's like talking to people who believe in God. Well, because God's real. I don't no. know. What are you going to say, right? Like, I don't think anyone can not be self-aware of, of that. I mean, I respect their upholding of the, the traditional spirit of, of Santa Claus, but uh, I'm sure with some self-reflection, they're just, they're holding back. They have to be. What do you mean holding back? Like, obviously, they don't believe that Santa's real. Yeah. But they're trying to portray it as if he is, and they won't admit that he's not. So as a kid, when I was told by friends he's not real, and then I go to them, and they say he's real, but I know he's not real, and I've seen, like, pre- like presents in my parents' you know of course of basement course. or whatever and then and then they try and play it off as if it was santa like that's that i feel like that's a betrayal to me like you're lying to me and you're contining to lie to me throughout my life because you want to have this magical because santa at, at, ideal. at a certain age it's pr- practically just lying right i mean yeah at a, at, at a certain age you must realize telling your kid santa's real doesn't really make a lot of sense i don't know I don't want to do that to my kid. Like, I'm so conflicted. Like, I want them to experience the magic of Christmas that I felt of waking up and and having presents and stuff. So hypothetically, like, if you had a kid, like, what would you tell your child? I don't know. I've been really thinking about it a lot. I, I would like to do this Santa Claus thing for a while, but I don't, I don't know. And my wife really wants to do the Santa Claus thing. So I I would prefer to say, oh, Santa is like the spirit of Christmas and the idea that we, you know, we feel joyful around Christmas time and we do things for each other and that's what Santa is. But, I mean, my kid's going to be the one who ruins Santa for other kids. And also Allie wants to do Santa, so I can't tell her, like, oh, we we shouldn't do Santa because that's her, like, I don't know, her dream with our kids. But, you know... You would be glad if your kid like ruined Christmas for oh my God, the entire I would. class, right? You know what? You That's would be so, so bad, right? You would be so proud. <laughs> I would be proud because that is my child using deductive reasoning. <laughs> and if she, if my child, male or female, I I want to say my my child's going to be a female, but if my child ruins God for somebody, I'd be okay with that too. <laughs> it's interesting that you two are bringing this up because I just recently in a lecture had a a talk with my class about um, 
what the appropriate age is to start dropping hard truths and realities on children. We were actually, it was back at American Thanksgiving, we were talking about the the myth of Columbus versus the truth of Christopher Columbus and the ugly truths that accompany Christopher Columbus and how many of those ugly truths can kids handle and at what age. So, and do the myths breed ignorance later in life was the main thrust of the conversation. I think we do kids a disservice by ignoring the rest of it. Like, I think we need to be realistic. I think I'm just a realistic person and, and want my kid to grow up as a realistic human being and understand that, you know, things aren't all rosy all the time. We did do a lot of crappy things. And, and use it as a learning opportunity, right? I mean, yeah. to me, like even like, going back to like Santa Claus, the concept of Santa Claus, I mean, this is the perfect learning opportunity to have a child try to use reason and try to be able to use evidence to kind of form an opinion on whether Santa is real or not. So as a parent, you don't, maybe you don't necessarily have to tell them Santa is not real, but help guide them on how to find or the data, the evidence to form an opinion. But is it expecting too much too fast? I looked up some holiday origins for uh, my portion of this uh, talk. Is Santa Claus one of them? I briefly, I didn't uh, didn't read much on Santa Claus, but the tradition of leaving cookies out for Santa Claus is actually a traditional tool for teaching uh, selfish children to be more generous. And so, without the mythical being Santa Claus, you lose that tool. And I'm not saying it's the only tool for teaching selfish children to be more generous, but it's a tool. You know, myths can still serve a purpose. But then when the kid grows up, they're going to figure out it's really the parents that ate the cookie, right? But they were still leaving the cookie out and learning to be a little bit more generous and sharing with their their precious cookies. So uh, playing devil's advocate, wouldn't it also be almost like bribing because you're putting cookies out, hoping to get presents from Sure. Santa. I mean, depending on how many steps ahead the, the kid is able to perform, they may still be able to imagine it as a selfish endeavor of, well, Santa's not going to be happy if he doesn't get a plate full of cookies. So the it's, present it's, depending, I better leave some out. It's a quit pro quo. <laughs> <laughs> no bread quo quo. I didn't even say that right, but yeah, none. <laughs> I don't think Trump said it right either. <laughs> no. But, like, here's the thing. I learned, so when we put out cookies, we said it's because Santa has a long journey and he needs some sustenance. And so we thought cookies was a good idea. And then we put out a carrot as well for the reindeer. Mm. Just one carrot? Just one carrot. <laughs> have to fight over it. <laughs> there My are... parents were not wasting more than one carrot. <laughs> How many reindeers are there? <laughs> There's nine, eight or nine. But we only put out one. They got to share. I mean, they'll be getting a they'll be getting a carrot from us, and they'll be getting a carrot from their neighbors. And I'm super tempted to test both of you on your reindeer knowledge and whether you can list all of the reindeer. Rudolph, <laughs> not a <laughs> original. <laughs> there was Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? I do, I do. The red-nosed reindeer. And I also recall that the song you are now referencing (laughs) was a uh, hit song in 1949, but that the invention of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was actually a creation by the Montgomery Ward Mall, 
as a promotional tool. If you went and shopped at the Montgomery Ward Mall in 1939, they would give you a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer story along with your purchases. Oh, cute. Isn't it so interesting like how these stories form and just get propagated? Mm. I thought it was super interesting. Sherry thought it was boring that I looked up the origins no, of so no. many of these I different holiday traditions. Teasing you. <laughs> I was teasing you. Well, I, I think it's interesting, and I also think it's kind of ridiculous because how it's not even aerodynamic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's interesting as well because that the Santa Claus, really the one we know now is the Coca-Cola Santa Claus. So all these things are very commercialized. I might debunk that slightly. Oh, sorry. You looked up the origin. I just assumed it was the... I mean, you are correct. That is a very popular conception that Coca-Cola, quote-unquote, invented the modern depiction or illustration of Santa Claus as the jolly dude in the red coat. But in fact, that was in the 1930s that Coca-Cola launched that ad campaign, and Santa had actually been appearing that way much earlier in the 1900s. So Coke didn't really invent every, anything so much as they just consumed and reproduced the image and patented it, of course. Do you know who did the the now modernized Santa? I do I, not. I My like source didn't go I would like to see an even modern, more modern Santa that's like maybe a person of color and maybe, um, maybe a woman. A woman of color? That should be our new modern Santa. I can already hear the neocons frothing at the mouth (laughs) at the suggestion that you just laid down. First, they're taking away Christmas, and now they're bringing Christmas back with With a diversified (laughs) Santa? (laughs) Okay, so what do you think, speaking of these conservative people? So my family member, I have an aunt who is... Mostly religious, well, pretty religious, I think. And she posted something recently about saying Merry Christmas and how nobody's going to tell her not to say Merry Christmas and and you can't say Happy Holidays, it's Merry Christmas. I think it's actually a myth that anyone gets that offended at hearing Merry Christmas. I don't think that the left is nearly as aggressive about enforcing the say happy holidays, not Merry Christmas rule that the conservatives believe is a thing. I think that's just a popular mythology within their own ideology. Yeah, I mean, I've never had anyone confront me about I should be saying, you know, happy holidays or anything like that. So It's this Christian martyr concept where they're like, Mm -hmm. we are being targeted. We can't say Merry Christmas. We can't say God bless you. Like... People are saying we... But the thing is, they can say that. I know. Nobody's stopping you. And that was my thought on this, was like, why are you saying this? Like, nobody cares. You can say Merry Christmas to me. I might respond to you differently. I might say Happy Holidays or something. But like, exactly. I'm not. I'm I'm not obligated to say Merry Christmas. Yeah. But you can say Merry Christmas to me. Yeah, it's exactly what you said, Sherry. It's... uh a desire to be a martyr for free speech that is so fundamental for some reason to their values, I that they've created a myth to bolster it. Why do they feel so targeted? Like a lot of them are old white men who have like all of the privilege. They're not targeted. They're they're defensive because they view any kind of progressive change as attacking them, even when it does not strip away anything from them is my take on it anyways. And we have to keep in mind, I mean, 
there are so many religions out there, so not everyone's going to be celebrating Christmas or believe in Christ. So Merry Christmas may not apply to a lot of people, especially in Canada, where, or you know, at least the major cities in Canada where it's so diverse. The probability of you bumping into a Christian is definitely a lot lower than if you were in rural parts of Canada. True, true. Mm-hmm. And in the school board, so like we're not uh, supposed to teach like Christmas stuff, really. Like we can teach Christmas stuff, but we should also at the si- at the same time balance it out. So they've said you can teach Christmas stuff, but also maybe teach some Kwanzaa stuff and some Hanukkah stuff, and you know all yeah, of these other religions. Yeah, and show the different diverse. I mean, yeah. the, the diverse nature of people's beliefs, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to like celebrating certain holidays. Mm. And like obviously, you know, think back to uh, when I I was born in Malaysia. So back in Malaysia, uh, even though it was a it's a Muslim country, there's a large population of uh, Chinese Asians, and Chinese New Year is a big holiday. So when you go to Asia, Chinese New Year is always the biggest holiday. It's not Christmas. So again, going but different countries, different regions will have different holidays and. Christians don't dominate the world. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, much of the iconology for Christmas is borrowed from other sources. I'm sure both of you know this quite well already. Many pagan religions. Yeah. And I actually am just chomping at the bit to launch into some of these that I looked up just to see if I can catch any surprised looks from my two co-hosts right now. Oh, thank you, Sherry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm practicing. (laughs) So... Beginning with the Christmas tree, which was a product of the winter solstice, where evergreens represent a return to spring, which is why you would put it in your home. Did they decorate it, do you think? Aha. Ornaments (laughs) come to represent the tree of life. The balls, you know, the balls that you hang on your Christmas tree were actually originally fruits or apples, things of that nature, because it's representing life and growth. Also, as a side note to that, apples usually get a bad rep when in the Bible it is, in fact, just an unnamed fruit that got us kicked out of Eden. It was not an apple, per se. So, oh. so we don't know what fruit it was. I mean, they, for all we know, it could, could have been like, I don't know, something a little bit more horrendous, like durian. Have you? Or a mango. Or a dragon fruit. Oh, but their dragon fruits are so pretty. Have you, <laughs> have you guys had durian before? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean it's... I don't know. You'd know. <laughs> You'd yeah. know, Rory. I, I mean, would know. Uh, okay, well, I, I love durian, but I know it smells horrific. Mm. <laughs> and in Indonesia, isn't it Indonesia where they have actually banned it everywhere. by law no, everywhere. in public? When, oh, uh, okay. la- last year when I was in Malaysia, I mean, they have signs. It's banned from all public uh, like transportation. You cannot carry it. I had a teacher in high school when I was in grade 12. He, I think, went, I don't know how he procured a durian fruit, but he did. And he brought it into class and we we cut it open and we ate it. Why? In class? (laughs) Because, like, we'd never, we'd heard about this story about a durian fruit and how it's, like, banned in public and... It's supposed to smell bad, so we wanted to, like, experience it. It was my math class, so I don't even know why we did it, but, like, he brought one in. Basically. Respect. (laughs) Well, basically, I didn't want to teach today, so. (laughs) I'm bringing in a fruit. 
like, I remember this lesson. So it was a great day. <laughs> oh, keeping on the topic of foods and pseudo foods, Sherry liked this one. The origin of candy canes is from the 1670s. And they were basically just sugar sticks that were passed out to children during mass to keep them quiet. And to give it a slightly religious twist, they they added the bend to make it like a shepherd's crook. But it, it's just a sugar stick to put in a child's mouth to keep them from making noise. What about the peppermint flavor? Like, is there any Oh, I haven't gone that deep. Now, whether there's significance to peppermint or not. Now I have a question. What What year did you say this was? 1670s, in that decade. So, like, originally, the stories go that when Coke first came out, it was cocaine-filled. Do you think maybe they laced the candy canes with, like, something that would make kids really relaxed and sleepy? Like cannabis? (laughs) (laughs) Could it possibly be? Like, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. Like, they're trying to pacify these children. Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know if they were simultaneously drugging them. I just uh, pictured it as a sweet treat that kids will fill their mouths with and not make noise was the uh, the adults. If they hope. did, I, 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 I'm I not judging them. I, I think that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why I when uh, I see kids on planes, I always just dream. I have this dream that their parents will open a bottle of NyQuil and just give a little bit to their kid. <laughs> But they never do because they're always kicking my seat. <laughs> it's interesting, though, that it's shaped into a shepherd's crook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that like, imagery. Instead of just a straight up sugar stick, which is what they originally were before they had to be molded to give them the religious purpose. Okay. So what else? What else do we have? Um, I have some notes on modern carols where Jingle Bells was originally for Thanksgiving, not for Christmas. Why is that? I have no idea. These are just little factoids that I have gathered. Interesting. Um, the what song. About, what about the Batman version of it? <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> we have already exceeded my uh, my bounds of knowledge here. But Batman smells. Perhaps we can <laughs> delve deeper into laid this topic. An egg. <laughs> Batmobile has lost its wheel, and Joker ran away. Hey. You're all alone on that one. <laughs> a research project for one? our listeners. Oh my gosh. To learn the origin of the Batman version <laughs> of Jingle Bells. <laughs> which I too have heard. You're not on your own, Sherry. Okay, thank goodness. Um, another note on White Christmas, the Bing Crosby version. Bing Crosby actually considered that a throwaway song and didn't pay it any heat at all, but it is now the best selling song of all time. That happens often, though. I listened to a podcast recently that was talking about The Lion King, and that was a throwaway movie for Disney. And right. that's crazy to think about. Because and Pocahontas was... was the the big Disney project at yeah. that time, right? And yeah. they thought that would be the big seller, and then The Lion King ended up like blowing them away. Yeah. But also, uh, going the history of The Lion King, that they actually stole the story from another. Yeah. What story haven't they stolen? <laughs> I mean, Allegedly. No. Well, well, no. Someone actually made an animated film. The and white they, lion. And, uh, yeah, the white lion. And they literally just stole it. No. Like yeah. straight up plagiarism. Oh, like yeah. copying the homework and just presenting it straight as their up own. All the story arcs <laughs> yeah. and the key characters. The, wow. okay, the main lion's name is Kimba. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I think I think there's like some sort of like monkey kind of like wise monkey sidekicky guy, but I think his name is like Kevin or something. I can't remember what Kevin. it is. So it wasn't it wasn't like fully, but like Kimba, I was like, whoa. And I think there were a couple other names that were that were similar. So is there a lawsuit attached to this? It sounds very, uh, very they, much. They, they, they tried, yeah. Unsuccessfully, Kimba wasn't able <laughs> to no. convince the jury. No. Listen, I don't think impeachment's going to go through either. So I don't think much goes through in the States. Gosh. Okay, All right. Next. Next, uh, we'll talk a little bit about mistletoe. Uh, mistletoe actually became a thing based on the Nordic mythology of Balder, you know, brother of Thor, Norse gods and all that. Well, Balder's mother heard a prophecy that Balder was going to be killed. And so she made all the different objects in the world promise that they weren't going to hurt Balder, but she forgot all about mistletoe. And so Loki being Loki went ahead and made a spear out of mistletoe and proceeded to kill Balder. And yeah. And now we kiss under it because we're honoring Balder somehow? Question mark. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how one follows the other, but it is in honor of Balder is mistletoe's origin. Yeah, when people die, I always make out with other people. Yeah. You know, like, it's just how things work, Rory. <laughs> I, I just have a very confused look on my face right now. I, just, I, I didn't say I all of these were it. going to make sense. <laughs> okay. It just seems weird that we got from that to like a joyful mistletoe where we can just make out with people. Right. Yeah. It could be that there's just a big gap between the history or origin of mistletoe's significance and then how it came to be symbolic for Christmas. And it could be the stark contrast was what this particular article wanted to highlight as opposed to the evolution of how we reached mistletoe. Mattering. I honestly feel like it was some creepy uncle that came up with this idea. And... <laughs> See that there? That's mistletoe. That, that that's, means I get a kiss. That's that's more realistic, I think. <laughs> you could be on to something. What else you got, Rory? What else have we got? Uh, Xmas. Another thing that we hear of as a an affront to the Christ in the Christmas is actually a reference to the Greek letter Chi. So X is just representing Chi. So Christmas really is just a shorthand, not a crossing out of Christ. But that would only be Chimus. It's imperfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Accepted. Uh Boy, we're running out of uh, things now. Holly leaves were considered powerful long before the uh, Christian use of them. Romans hung them during the festival of Saturnalia. And an additional note on Saturnalia, which is also the source of gift giving in the holiday spirit. Uh, Pope Julius, the first to celebrate Christ and birth and all that stuff, was actually doing all this in direct competition with Saturnalia. Anyone have any additional thoughts on that? Because that's all I've got on Saturnalia. <laughs> I read about it. Can't remember much about Saturnalia. Sorry. <laughs> I was really. I did wonder where Xmas come like came from. That's yeah. Instead of just like striking the name Christ from the word, that it's yeah. I I never imagined it was like striking the name, but I've always wondered like what did the what did the X actually stand for. I thought it was striking the name. I thought really? it was a way for like like secular people to say Christmas without the Christ. I I felt like it to me it felt like more of a short form because I've always seen Xmas around and I just couldn't imagine that people were using Xmas 
to strike down Christ. <laughs> Kenny's actually the innocent one in this case because it's commonly thought of as an affront to put an X there. I mean, it's it shouldn't be. Like, I thought it was just a way for, like, secular people to identify with Christmas versus, like, we need to take Christ out of Christmas. How dare they put Christ in Christmas? Well, the voice that speaks loudest is the ones who uh, consider it to be bad. Listen, the one true holiday is always Boxing Day. <laughs> or Black Friday now. Oh, that's true. They have good sales. I do like Black Friday. Mm-hmm. I wish we had a holiday on Black Friday. I know that that would be crazy because that's actually yeah, like because American then Thanksgiving. More people will be kept sane and healthy during Black Friday. <laughs> that's true. But like, at least if it was a holiday, people in retail would get like time and a half, and they would feel okay with actually. I'm down being with there. that. Because like it's crazy in the stores on on Black Friday, whereas like on Boxing Day, it's still the same amount of crazy, but they just get paid more. Yeah. Anyway. Awesome. Uh, going beyond Christmas, the uh, menorah from Jewish Hanukkah is uh, actually representative of a fire that burned at their temple that was supposedly only going to be good enough for one night, but turned out to be good for eight. So they celebrate that with the eight candles. Uh, I knew about that one. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I had to learn about these things. Oh, really? Yes. I, oh. I've been very much in my Christian bubble up until uh, oh. purposefully researching. I thought that was a very common one was that that's, I don't know, because that's such a, a staple in their religious holiday. Maybe it's just, yeah, maybe it's just people don't learn about Hanukkah. It could be. It certainly was never touched on in school when I was growing up. Yeah, same here. I I think I heard about it in school, but I can't remember. Um, The Kinara for Kwanzaa, the seven candles there represent the seven principles of African heritage. And uh, Kwanzaa literally means first fruit in Swahili. Do you know much about Kwanzaa? Nope, I do oh, not. Okay. But if you have some knowledge to uh, shine upon us, I would welcome it. No, I just know that it was like a holiday created for people of color, um, but I'm not sure much else about it. Yeah. I'd be interested to find out about it, though. Yeah, for sure. I just wanted to, to touch on a few of these in a non-satirical sense. It's easy to be a satirist when you're talking about the, the Christian icons, but... Uh, just to give a bit of time to the different, because uh, maybe there's people out there like me who had no idea what the candles represented on a menorah. So, yeah, that was uh, the final elements of my research. Cool. Well, I thought that we could also talk a little bit about, so like, maybe we don't celebrate, or Kenny doesn't celebrate Christmas. I kind of celebrate Christmas, but what could we celebrate as humanists? What are some of our secular holidays? Do you two know of any good secular holidays? I do not. Well, I would probably celebrate like Darwin's birthday. Yeah, I have that one. When is Darwin's birthday? Technic. Oh, wait, not Darwin. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I have Newton. Newton's birthday. Well, that's another good one. I didn't get the Darwin's birthday. Is that, yeah, but do people celebrate that? At is Christmas that Kenny's time? invention that, or is that? that uh... That's totally my invention. <laughs> oh, but okay. Sorry, I heard birthday and I was like, yeah. oh, I think but, I have but that. But Isaac one. Newton's birthday would be a really good one because people actually celebrate it. It's called Newton Miss or Newton Mass. Really? I feel like we should go with Newton Mass. Yeah, because I feel like it's play on words. When does it fall? So it's celebrated on December twenty fifth. 
but uh, his actual birthday is January 4th. Uh, so some people oh, celebrate. Oh, close enough. Yeah. I appreciate what they did yeah. there. Some people celebrate for 10 days so that it can sort of cover the whole thing. Uh, so what people do uh, to celebrate is uh, they wish people reasons greetings. Reasons greetings. Instead of seasons greetings. They eat apples. I thought that was a good one. And they give science-related gifts. So uh, let me give a little bit of, uh, I was going to actually use a quote that was related to Isaac Newton. So I might as well just give it now since we're talking about Isaac Newton. But uh, this was a tweet uh, from Neil deGrasse Tyson on December 25th. And he tweeted, on this day long ago, a child was born who, by age 30, would transform the world. Happy birthday, Isaac Newton. So on, on Christmas Day. So as you can imagine, there was a lot of <laughs> uh, replies or retweets. <laughs> Why do you even follow him if you're, if you're not uh, into science quite as much as he is? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, Isaac Trolls. Newton was a pretty significant figure in, in history and in our knowledge. He was a math- mathematician and uh, physicist and formulated a lot of our fundamental um, uh, formulas that we use every day. So very, very important. Person. Yeah, I know that he's important, but do you think that people started celebrating him because his birthday fell around Christmas? They were oh, like, oh, absolutely, like, because it's an al- because it's an alternative. Christmas. Yeah, you but, can even hear that in the reasons greetings. I mean, clearly they're they're lampooning the seasons greetings. So, but I mean, he is pretty significant. He's definitely like one of the most important people in history. For sure, can't yeah. disagree. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned the apple, but uh, interesting to note, uh, the story about the apple falling on his head and him coming up with the concept of gravity is definitely a myth. Oh, like totally. He, he definitely uh, yeah. it did not fall on his head. <laughs> he did see an apple, and he did ponder about gravity, but uh, it was just a story that he told about how to kind of describe gravity and describe using an apple as a example. I feel like if it had actually fallen on his head, all he'd be thinking is rage and pain, and there would be nothing but frustration going oh, through yeah. his mind. I, I read that he's all, he was an angry person, so I would imagine him chopping that tree down. <laughs> <laughs> was he an angry person? He's gotten into very, um, uh, not fights, but very passionate debates with other scientists. And, you know, oh, okay. His ego is very, was very easily bruised. Mm. <laughs> Along with his head from the head apple. Head the apparently. apple landed, yes. <laughs> yeah, so do you want to hear some other things Absolutely that we celebrate? Absolutely, I do. So recently, um, I attended a winter solstice. So a lot of people celebrate the winter solstice or Yule. Were there evergreen trees there? No, we didn't. We didn't really decorate that much. But there probably were outside. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I, when I lived in England, I lived in England for a year and I wanted to go to see one of the solstices at, uh, Stonehenge and I never made it because I had to work that morning. So it wouldn't have been able to, to do, but a lot of people actually go to Stonehenge on the solstice to watch the sunrise through the stones, because that's the only time of year where it will go through the heel stones and shine directly onto the middle of Stonehenge. Yeah. 
So that I does sound that really cool. It also sounds tremendously touristy. Like I would have oh, to yeah. be pushing and shoving and climbing on top of people to witness this kind of a spectacle. Apparently there's a lot of people who go, so you have to go early to get your tickets. It is the only time where you're also allowed to touch the stones. You're not allowed to touch the stones normally. But they do let you touch the stones on this particular event. You have to pay, I think, <laughs> more to get close to the stones. <laughs> so there's Everything's also... for sale, people. <laughs> Everything's for sale. There's also Manhattan Henge. Have you heard of that? No. I haven't. So in New York City... Um, uh, I forgot what street, but basically there's a street where it perfectly lines up on a certain day of the year. The sun just sets exactly down this street. So you have all the tall buildings in New York oh, that's on either cool. side and just the sun right in the middle as it kind of sets. So, oh, neat. So that's, to me, that's really cool. Because, I like that. Yeah. I mean, you're, you, you're using urban architecture yeah. to signify... A very uh, important day when the sun just lines up perfectly. Do you think this was perfectly. planned or accidental magic? This is totally accidental because the date is like some random date. <laughs> uh, the date occurs around May 28th and around July 13th for the sunset alignment. Do people go and watch this? Yeah, yeah. people do. So um, I'll put the Wikipedia uh, article on it, but it, it basically gives you the dates of when it's going to occur. And you can see people with their uh, cell phones on the street taking photos of Manhattan Henge. <laughs> oh, boy. That picture there is really cool looking. I actually kind of want to go see this now just because of that. Oh, it reminds me of like uh, Spider-Man or something. Like seeing the sun like setting through those buildings. Um, yeah. So let's hear about some more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have you heard of Festivus? A Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, no. No. Neither of you. I'm with you, Kenny. You, Ashamedly, I have not heard of this you either. You are children of the 90s. How have you not heard of this? I'm not. Am I a child of the 90s? <laughs> oh, I, I guess I am. We were children yeah. in the 90s. Sure, yeah. Seinfeld. You never watched Seinfeld. No, I'm I shocked did not. at Rory for. I definitely did watch Seinfeld. I. I may have heard Festivus for the rest of okay, us. Okay, in the 90s, I was watching Power Rangers, so I was definitely not watching <laughs> I didn't Seinfeld. internalize any of this, Sherry. It didn't become <laughs> significant to me, so please. Seinfeld was big in our house. Like, it was like a thing that we watched together. It was like this big deal. So anyways, Festivus, it falls on December 23rd, um, and it's an alternative to the pressures of commercialism. Uh, so it was originally, so it was aired in a Seinfeld episode. I guess one of the writers, their father made it up in like 1966 and had been celebrating it every year. And they decided to put it in the Seinfeld episode because it was so interesting. So, so which character brought this to light for us? I'm picturing Kramer being the one no, for some George reason. No, George Costanza. It was Costanza? Yeah, it was Costanza's like a little kooky family. Oh, <laughs> I can see that, too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what happens is that there is a Festivus dinner. So it's just like a traditional, you know, turkey dinner. And you also have an unadorned aluminum Festivus pole. So you put an aluminum pole up. And you have uh, certain traditions, certain practices like airing of grievances and feats of strength. <laughs> I don't need a special occasion <laughs> to air grievances. <laughs> That's every day. <laughs> every so, day. Uh, originally, I guess the aluminum pole was not a part of the holiday. However, 
so instead of the aluminum pole, originally what it was, was that they put a clock in a bag and nailed it to a wall. And so then, so then after the feast, you have the airing of the grievances where people sort of lash out at others in the world. Um, and the feast of strength is um, the head of house challenges someone to a wrestling match. Oh, <laughs> this is already more exciting <laughs> than Christmas. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, so that's Festivus, and they they featured it on Seinfeld, and it was it was quite a an enjoyable thing. Do you want to do Festivus, Rory? <laughs> I think I want to witness Festivus. <laughs> I don't want to be called out for that wrestling match, though. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to either. I lose every year. And then uh, Chrismica. Have you heard of Chrismica? Nope. No? <laughs> nope. So it was on the OC, if you remember the OC. <laughs> what? <laughs> I remember deliberately not watching the OC, uh, so I go ahead. Also Teen deliberately, deliberately not watch the OC. Teen drama of If you can believe this. And just... first of all... Don't call it the OC. <laughs> Just so you know how uncool the OC was no, in my time, it. Sherry, it no. was assigned as homework by my very, very old uh, careers teacher. What could you possibly do for homework? With he wanted show? us to count commercials and what the commercials were, and he thought that that was a cool show that we would all want to it watch. It was cool. I love <laughs> the OC. He was so old and out of Come touch. On. <laughs> there was eventually a lesbian relationship, kind of. All right. Well, there good for them. There was a kiss. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's kind of lame still. <laughs> I know. It didn't go as far as I wanted. I guess there was a bit of a relationship, but yeah, the OC. Anyway. Okay, Chrismica. <laughs> yes, came explain Chrismica. <laughs> <laughs> I should explain the OC and why it's maybe. Cool. <laughs> I mean, maybe I've misjudged this show all along. Okay, so Chrismica was this thing that they brought in. Uh, so it was their Christmas episode, uh, and uh, one of the main characters, his family, has a father that is Jewish and a mother that is Christian. So to bring this sort of interfaith family together, they celebrate Chrismica. So they have the uh, lighting of the Hanukkah candles, and they do the Hanukkah celebrations, and then they have it finishes with a Christmas day of presents and and all of that. So very much just squishing the two together. Yeah, it's getting the best of both worlds. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Hey, it's good if you have like that that family that has. Yeah, a, you I know... appreciate the attempt at uh, at honoring both. So hold on one second. I'm just going to look up the OC. <laughs> oh, whatever. This is a cool show. Okay. Okay. Well, Rotten Tomatoes did give it 72%, so yeah. I can't really bash it. See? I was going to bash it if <laughs> it had a really bad rating, but I'm not going to bash it. it. It was popular. It went on for many seasons. I wonder who produced many it. Many being four. Four seasons. Because if I put on my tinfoil hat, there are people who believe that Disney has already purchased Rotten Tomatoes, which is why every Disney movie receives an exceptional score. I think they're Warner Brothers. Is Warner Brothers Disney? No. No. Okay. I don't know. It's sad that I have to ask if like one huge conglomerate is another. Well, Disney's consuming everything, so oh. it's becoming a safer and safer bet to say, is that Disney? Yeah, true. So that's Chris McCaw. And then I have uh, one called Human Light, which I hadn't heard of, uh, celebrated on December 23rd, and it was created by the New Jersey Humanist Network. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's celebrated any way you want. Uh, some exchange science books or throw parties. 
Hard to build traditions when you don't have any rules, though. That's yeah. what I was thinking, too. Like, you need some kind of tradition or uh, it has to be some kind of activity to, like, bind the exactly. people together. I don't think so. I don't know. I have one more that kind of celebrates the same way. So it's from a podcast I listen to called My Brother and My Brother and Me. And uh, the holiday they created is called Candle Nights. And so this holiday is, uh, they have said it's a pan-religious, pan-sexual, personal pan-pizza winter holiday. And you can celebrate however you want, and it starts whenever you want, and finishes whenever you want. it sounds like pizza's involved. (laughs) Pizza and lighting of candles is what I gathered. That is already an amazing tradition. (laughs) It's not bad. Exactly. Pizza could be involved if we would like pizza to be involved. Well, it's in the name, so it's got to be involved. So Mm -hmm. candles and pizza, done. If you want, sure. So, like, I like it because you get to decide when it starts. So I decide, okay, I feel, I'm feeling this whole, like, winter spirit, and I feel like I'm ready to start celebrating instead of, like, I have to celebrate now on this date. I can start celebrating now and, and continue celebrating for as, I, as long as I want, right? I don't know. The radio station started celebrating the day after Halloween. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. So in this holiday that they have created, they've also created a narrative around it. Uh, so the gift-giving figure is known as the Star King. Um, other mascots include Rockin' Randy, the safe-sex Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, the non-denominational gift delivery dragon. And the boy from the Christmas Shoes song. I have to see a photo of Rockin' Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So the Sun King, uh, as the story or the myth goes, uh, he every Christmas has a fight to the death with Santa and always wins. Uh, So every year there's a new Santa, like the Tim Allen version of the Santa Claus movie. And then instead of giving gifts to all of the good children, he gives the best child in any given year <laughs> gifts. Such a Hunger Games approach. <laughs> I like it. It's my favorite holiday. It's what I actually celebrate. I celebrate candle nights. So I might say happy candle nights. <laughs> Great list, Sherry. <laughs> well, listen, there's only one true holiday that we should all be celebrating. Holiday. Hmm? Holiday. Holiday? What? That's what we should celebrate. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sherry caught me with this, too. I said, I, I bet it doesn't mean what I think it means. <laughs> it is the uh, the Pastafarian Winter Festival. Uh, so there's no official date, but it lasts from late November to early January. Uh, and so it is for the the flying spaghetti monster. And may his wonderful appendages touch all of you. His noodly appendages. Noodly appendages touch all of uh, you. According to... The Pastafarians of Australia. Uh, December twenty fifth is the first day of Noodlemas. Oh, Noodlemas. Okay, <laughs> yes, Noodlemas. Um, and also uh, the day before, on the twenty fourth, is Eggnog Day. So Eggnog very, Day. Yeah. Oh, I don't like so. Eggnog Day. <gasps> you don't like Eggnog? <laughs> I don't like Eggnog. It's kind of gross. No, but it is it is the most important holiday. That we I should celebrate have the origin of eggnog. That would have been a good one. That would be a good one. Missed opportunities. Yeah. I figured I left that one to the last because I figured you would know about that one, Kenny. Of course. Our one true creator. Yes. <laughs> May his noodly appendages bless you. Definitely yes. not a joke that's gone on too long. No. <laughs> 
I let his appendages <laughs> touch me every day. Oh, I should get you a new uh, colander to wear on your head. <laughs> I totally should have brought one in today. <laughs> okay. Well, that was fun. That was fun. Which of which which uh which holiday would you celebrate if you had to celebrate any? Hmm. Not necessarily of the gift, like the the certain ones that I gave you, but like, would you still be like, yeah, I'm celebrating Christmas? A lot of uh, my contemporary thinking on this is, especially as my brothers and my sister and I, we are all adults now, and I'm okay with still buying gifts for my young niece and nephew but I'm really ready to do away with the gift giving between adults because if we're all getting each other gifts of roughly equal value, it just defeats the purpose. And I feel like the purpose is more just us getting together, taking the time, setting a date. And, you know, the Christmas season is a convenient date to set to actually take the time to all meet up somewhere and have a family yeah, occasion. I, mean, I, I hate getting gifts and I hate giving gifts. To me, it just feels like we're grown ups, we know what we want. Yeah, and we acquire it when we want it, so... Yeah, and I really don't like... I mean, I'm trying to live a more minimalist life as well, so I just don't like accumulating stuff. So, yeah, that that's just me. I just do not like giving or You're receiving of, gifts. Of like mind on this, Kenny. I'm my, the same way. My grandparents used to, on Christmas, give each other uh, gifts of $100. So my grandpa would give my grandma $100, and my grandma would give my grandpa $100. <laughs> like a crisp $100 bill? Yep, as a gift. <laughs> Meaningful. Although, although it all equals out, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> trying to think through this. I'm like, does it really matter? I mean, yeah. It does not. <laughs> but Unless like... somebody throws a wrench in it, and they're like, I got you $101. What up? <laughs> My my wife and I, we get, like, each other's stockings. So I'll fill her stocking with, like, uh, she likes scratch tickets. So, like, things that she wouldn't normally buy for herself. Uh, that's kind of what I fill it in with. This year oh. I got her a book of, like, little Greyhound cartoons. So you become your partner's indulgence for the day. And you yeah. go out and shop all the things that they... They're always too reserved to get for themselves. I feel like that's, that's what Christmas and gift giving should be about. Like, I feel like my my parents, when they have always given me gifts, have always been like, I gave them a list of what I would like, things that I don't indulge in, like video games and stuff like that. And then they're like, oh, we don't want to buy you video games. So we're going to buy this thing that's not on your list. And here you go. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So I don't know. Like, they ask me for a list every year, and I'm like, why do I make you a list when you just don't follow it? Like, you could reverse psychology them and be like, yeah, I would like a list of classic novels. And <laughs> <laughs> No, but then I'll get it. I feel like if I put, like, stupid things on there, they'll be like, oh, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> oh, perfect. Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this year they want to get me something for my house. I told them a robot vacuum, but... I doubt they'll get me you that. Mean a Roomba? That's the only, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only reason I said Will it. Will they know what that is? Yeah. They're pretty, I think so. I think Roombas have become pretty mainstream at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I... And I think when we have a kid, we'll do a little bit more for Christmas. We might do, like, presents for our child. And, and like, I think my wife and I will still do just stockings for each other. I like that tradition of stockings. Yeah. It's a good call. And I yeah. do think young, young kids deserve presents on 
that occasion. They always uh, deserve presents. I just want food. For Christmas, <laughs> I just want a big meal. I just want to stuff my face and lay around and do nothing. There's so. Kenny's indulgence, guilt-free just. Oh, yeah. The, the diet goes out the window <laughs> on the 25th. Do you do your parents still get you gifts, and do you get your parents gifts? Uh, I get my parents gifts, and I tell them not to get me anything. Oh, okay. Because I, I honestly, I tell them I'm like I honestly do not want anything. Mm-hmm. I just don't want anything. That's <laughs> so. really sweet. I feel like gift giving should be you giving someone else without ex- or someone else something without expecting something in return. Yeah. I don't think you should ever expect anything in return. But people get so uptight about, like, oh, I should have given this person a gift because they gave me a gift. I know. It almost becomes a form of shaming if you failed to get a gift or a gift of roughly equal financial value. And that just, it makes it very uncomfortable and takes away from the whole spirit of what we should be celebrating. Yeah. I I don't know. I just don't care anymore now. (laughs) It's just one of those, like, (laughs) okay, you give give me something, I don't have anything for you, so... (laughs) Sorry. Kenny feels no shame. <laughs> I, honestly, I've, I'm at a point now in my life of I have very little shame. I had friends who gave us, me and my wife, something last year. And now I'm like, oh, I have to make sure I get them something this year. Because I know they'll get us a gift and we won't have anything to give them back. I just hate gift giving. I don't, I don't want to feel ah, obligated to give people Sherry, stuff. Sherry, welcome to the team. <laughs> <laughs> I've always felt that way. I don't want to feel obligated to give anyone anything. Exactly. If I... If I give you something, it's because I thought it would be really helpful or useful for you. Or, yeah, or you were just thinking of them and thought they would enjoy it. Not even that it needs to have a Like a self-help book. (laughs) Okay. I never want a gift from you. (laughs) Please don't ever give me a gift. I know I need self help. Can, can, can you imagine? Oh, uh, it's, it's like the biggest insult the ever. Gi- yeah, I was going to say the gift of insult. <laughs> oh man. There's something for dummies. One of those books. <laughs> oh, I need one of those. Oh man. Okay, yeah. so shall we wrap it up? Let's wrap okay. it up. Let's wrap it up like a nice Christmas present. We'll end the episode with a quote from R. Elizabeth Cornwell. She posted this on the Richard Dawkins website. So Christmas belongs to anyone who wants it. And just because I gave up believing in the God doesn't mean I gave up believing in the love and joy of family. I did not give up the joy of celebration with my abandonment of the absurd. So to my religious and non-religious friends, I wish them all a Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah from the heart. And I hope they take it with true spirit with which I give it. That of the spirit of humanity, something we can all celebrate. Okay. Happy Festivus. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Christmas. Happy Noodlemas. Happy Candle Nights. A season or Reasons Greetings. Just enjoy the holidays. And all the rest. Yes. <laughs> so thanks, everyone. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 We are a gift to the radio waves. We are, aren't we? <laughs> Definitely include that statement as a quote. <laughs> that is our ending quote. We are a gift to you, dear listener. <laughs> Not arrogant at all. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah.